0: We open on a dusty sunrise reflecting off Lake Superior. Our camera pans around to the grounds of Point Claire, where sitting on a stone bench watching sunrise with a mug of coffee in her hands and looking particularly exhausted is Fatima Sanchez. Further behind her, standing in a door of the church, is a woman with a gold mask stylized with orchids wearing lavender robes. She types a message on her phone before pocketing it and the Margaret household, a phone starts ringing, and a hand with a rose gold wedding band reaches out to grab it, turning the alarm off. It's the next morning, y'all. Everyone got to sleep, except Alex, because Alex doesn't sleep. So let's go to shelf indulgence.
1: Alex has been up, as he often is, all night, but this time he is writing out a couple of letters, and we can see that there's a stack of, like, crumpled up uh you know he's been going through different forms of this but I think he's finally figured out the one that he wants to uh to go with and just kind of folds that up. I guess I should call Jeremiah for this. So I'm gonna call Jeremiah.
0: Jeremiah your phone is on vibrate. Do you actually wake up?
1: It is probably just after sunrise.
2: For story's sake, yeah, he'll he'll hear the buzzing. Croggly sort of like reach his hand. Uh, eventually, like, after a number of rings, find the phone, drag it over to himself. Who is this?
1: Good morning, Jeremiah.
2: What? Ugh, too early for this shit. Hmm,
1: well, I apologize, but you remember last week when I helped you collect a ledger about Kieran Shearer's case? Yeah. I need you to return the favor, and this will be very easy for you. I just need you to call whoever leads your network and tell them that I'll be meeting with them. There's a coffee shop across from my shop. I'll be there in an hour. And I hang out. This is actually me using a playbook move called put out the word. Uh, When I cash in a debt with someone in my web, I add this option to the list. Put out the word with their faction that I want something and I get a plus three forward to hit the streets with that faction
2: looks at his phone, contemplates breaking it in half and burning it so he doesn't have to call him Zarn, sighs as he remembers the debt and goes to get some coffee before he makes a phone call.
0: All right, Alex, is there anything else you want to do this morning?
1: Not for the next hour.
0: All righty. Cass has been, or Leon has been true to her word, just hanging out, probably
2: asleep right now.
1: Yeah, I'm just letting that whole situation percolate for a minute.
2: All right. Coffee in hand? Moderately more awake, Jeremiah will call Zarn.
0: He picks up fairly quickly, so he must have been awake already. Oh, good morning, Jeremiah. How are you today?
2: Uh, good morning, Eric. I'm, I'm doing okay. How are, uh, how are you this fine morning?
0: Oh, absolutely lovely. Definitely did not witness murder at the gala last night. What can I help you with? A
2: associate of mine, Alex Giroux, uh is wishing to speak with you.
0: All right, did you give him my number?
2: Uh, I'm afraid I did not got the opportunity to give him that. He just said he wanted to meet with you. Uh, I'll give him the location of a coffee shop.
0: All right, well, I'll uh, see if I can make it. Are you okay? It's not like you to give me a...
2: The things are fine, just... Doing him a favor.
0: All right. Well, I guess we'll catch up at brunch later this week.
2: Yes. I- I'll-, I'll see you there, Eric. To relieve his shit. He'll shoot Alex off a text. He might be there.
1: Awesome. Do you want me to go ahead and roll the hit the street so that you can plan? Sure. Good thing I have a plus three, because that'll make p- bump that up to an eight.
0: So he will be there. We'll circle back to that in a moment. Cool. Victor! It's brunch time.
3: Victor's not wearing the same clothes he was before. Makes sense. I'm thinking he's wearing, like, clothes his mom's still had. So, like, a t-shirt for of a band he doesn't like anymore. And a pair of pants that uh, are, like, five years out of date. So they're a little too tight on him. It works, but he's not comfortable.
0: And we get to the Margaret kitchen. So Astrid Margaret is a relatively thin woman all around. She has long blonde hair that she currently has pulled back in like a loose braid just so that she doesn't get hair into the food. And she's just always seems to be smiling like she has a very warm presence about her. Just by, like, the way Ileana is already sitting at the table drinking a cup of coffee. And just, like, the way that Ileana is watching her, like, you can tell they have a very loving relationship.
3: I'm assuming a lot of other people, a lot of other werewolves that are going to show up to this brunch aren't here yet.
0: That is correct. It is still early. Astrid is cooking and, like, she's not really talking to Ileana right now because has that. Dear God, I have been out all night and need coffee before anyone tries to interact with me. Look on her face. So Astrid's just like making French toast and has like a quiche in the oven. And there's already like fresh cinnamon rolls on the table. And she's squeezing orange juice. It's like a it's a a whole production that she has down to like an art at this point. Morning, Mama. They both say morning back. So Ashford's more like morning and is just. "Mm."
3: Victor goes to the uh, coffee, pours himself a cup as well and grabs a cinnamon roll and uh, plops it on a plate and like slides up into a chair at the table. God, I need this.
0: Well, make sure to leave some for your cousins. Okay.
3: Of course. I would only dream of eating all your cinnamon rolls, mom.
0: And we have a moment of domestic bliss. It's nice. It's quiet. Ileana's reading a newspaper and eating some bacon and people are starting to filter in. Anastasia is not there yet. It's more of your other cousins that are coming in and your aunt and uncle on that side, Cynthia and Dimitri. Dimitri is Ileana's younger brother and they have five kids.
3: Victor, like, helps and makes sure everyone has plates and stuff. He doesn't, like, serve people, but he makes sure everyone's got silverware and whatnot.
0: There's, like, folding tables set up around the house and stuff, too. Like, it's all good. Different family units sit together. There's some kind of, like, werewolves that weren't part of the Margaret family proper, but joined the pack um, who come. It's, like, it's, it's a pretty full house.
3: Anyone new I should know about?
0: No one knew. There's not been much change in your pack in the last six months or so nobody looks too worse for the wear um one of cynthia and dimitri's sons nicholas um he's like 17 has a black eye but besides that
3: hey nicholas you okay
0: oh uh yeah yeah victor i'm fine uh got in a fight with a kid from school
3: i got some frozen peas you can put it on your eye
0: Um. Yeah, sure.
3: Victor goes to the freezer and then like tosses them at him from across the room.
0: He catches them and seems like oddly embarrassed that A, you notice the black guy and B, that you're talking to him. (laughs) He's in that awkward age. Everything is awkward right now. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's as like that pee toss happens. We see Anastasia walk in. She just looks tired. Even for, like, for werewolf standards, she looks tired.
3: I make her a plate of the stuff I know she likes.
0: She sits down at the table with Ileana. Because, surprise, she has no other family. And takes the plate from you. Thanks, Victor. No problem. And we're gonna cut to Alistair. Alistair wakes up. Yeah. There's another body in his bed.
4: Is it an alive body?
0: Yes, it is. Well, it depends on your definition of alive.
4: Is it a conscious body?
0: It is a conscious body. Cold, though, but conscious.
4: That is good news. Alistair has definitely woken up next to worse before. I think we actually get him, like, breathing that sigh of relief. And he's gonna try to, like, slip quietly out of bed. He takes his phone, finally sees that text from Jeremiah, and sends one back saying, Did you have a time in mind? Need to know to prepare. Which is Alistair's nice, subtle way of saying, get this man out of my house.
2: Jeremiah will get back to you later.
4: That's fair. Yeah, I think Alistair just goes about, like, making breakfast. It's been a while since Alistair's had any sort of, let's keep it PG-13 and say romantic involvement. I don't think he really knows what to do in this situation.
0: Also, like, Julian's a vampire, and is totally just going to be, like, cocked out for a bit, as he is much more nocturnal than anything.
4: I want to establish that Alistair also has not slept with a vampire before, so, like, he doesn't know what protocol is here.
0: Alistair, uh, can you remind me where your study sanctum is?
4: The study and sanctum are in the basement of the Lockwood Manor. That is also where I have the library and uh, demon portal.
0: So, as you're, like, crossing over into the kitchen, like, you were able to get out of the bedroom, like, without really waking Julia, and you're kind of... Like, you know, he was aware of you leaving the bed, but it was very much the, "Eh, I'm not ready to get up yet. And his, hey, I'm supposed to be keeping an eye on this guy brain hasn't kicked back in yet. So as you get into the crossing over into the kitchen, you see that the door to your basement is ajar. And it was not like that. I'm assuming you're not the type to just, you know, like, leave the door down to the sanctum open.
4: Yeah, no, that's how demons get in or out. I think Alistair, well, he's probably not fully clothed right now, so he doesn't have his gun on him. He, like, goes and gets his gun from whatever, like, the sort of little table that people drop their keys and wallet on when they walk in. Alistair just has his gun on it.
0: Yeah, that that table kind of got knocked over last night.
4: Okay, Alistair picks his gun up from off of the floor and checks to make sure it's loaded. And I think he's going to, like, poke his head next to the door that goes down to the basement and just call out, is anyone down there?
0: You don't get a response.
4: At that point, he's going to just, like, walk the perimeter of his house and see if anybody's there that shouldn't be.
0: I mean, your front and back doors, whatever doors have locks on them, are still locked. No windows that weren't already broken are broken and you don't find anything
4: okay then the door to the basement is going to open and alistair will creep down the stairs slowly to investigate because somebody is in or else julian was a nosy little dick
0: what's the layout of your basement like like does it just stairs right down into a big open fake basement sanctum thing
4: I think it's mostly just, like, straight down, and then there's, like, a little curve for, like, a turn for the last, like, two or three steps. And then it opens into just, like, a big open sanctum area.
0: As you are creeping down the stairs, you can see um, a glow that you've come to associate with the demon portal being active.
4: Fuck. Is there anybody in the basement other than me?
0: Um, And as you get down to, like, be able to see, you see that there is someone standing in the demon portal who is most definitely a demon.
4: Alistair just, like, points his gun at him and says, Mind telling me what you're doing here?
0: He turns around to, like, face you, like, looks a little almost irate. (sighs) Well, I was waiting for somebody to come down here, and I guess that's You?
4: Yes. Uh, can I put a name to a face here? Sure, please do. Oof, three. He kind of like
0: holds out a bit of a hand towards you like he's trying to kind of beckon you to come downstairs or come closer. I think you're the one I'm looking for, though. Um, You're the one who sent two of my lackeys back, aren't you?
4: Can you be a little bit more specific?
0: Uh, chick with snake hair, guy with scorpion tail?
4: Ah, yes, them. Um, how are they doing?
0: Oh, fine, you know, I'm just gonna make their lives. Well, their lives already are hell, so just worse for a little bit. I mean, he, like, conjures a chair in the demon circle and sits down.
4: I think when Alistair sees that, he, like, sits on the steps. Like, the bottom step with his feet on the floor. So, you're obviously not here to kill me, or else you're doing a shit job of it. What did bring you here?
0: Well, see, one, you have a very convenient portal. As I step outside of this portal without a host, though, bad things happen, so I'm staying in the portal. Two, I was under the impression that all of your Lockwood line died.
4: Surprise.
0: A pleasant one.
4: Who might you have heard that from?
0: Not so much heard it from as much of a um, long-standing contract getting um, incredibly severed and was given the implication from many other demons that their child had also perished in the accident.
4: Excuse me, accident?
0: He just kind of shrugs like a that's what I heard.
4: I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that, please.
0: See, the thing is, I'm not one to give information out for free.
4: Yes, yes, I know how this works. Uh, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, I'll show me you. Sorry, it's been a night. I'll show you mine if you show me yours, however you want to phrase it. I, I know how this works.
0: You are so much like your father. And he just looks genuinely amused by your whole, like, vent.
4: Yes, so you knew my father, I assume? Oh, and your mother quite well. I'm not even nearly awake enough to unpack the implications of that. Again, what exactly did you hear happened to them?
0: Well, my understanding was that um, there was a bit of a accident, and he does air quotes, by the... um. Extended family, if you catch my drift.
4: Your family or mine?
0: Oh, yours, of course. I'm petty human politics.
4: Well, that is some interesting information. Do you have any other details you might like to share with me?
0: Sure. But only if I get a host. And I imagine somebody who was able to just casually banish two of my. Minions like that would make a lovely host. And your parents were ever so accommodating to me.
4: I'm not entirely sure I believe that, to be quite honest with you. How about I bring you a host and we call it even?
0: Well, good luck finding somebody who can manage me. And then he just, like, disappears from the demon portal.
4: Alistair looks over at the mirror that is in his symptoms as dear mother I believe we have some things to discuss
0: and on that note I think we're gonna go see Alex in his coffee date Alex do you get there early are you walking in right on time
1: I'm getting there early I've got the paper I'm just gonna you know catch up on the news have a coffee
0: there is an article about the tragic murder or sudden like death nobody is totally sure what happened yet of a gentleman by the name of Matthias Freeman he was attending the gala Rosalie's gala when it was tragically his life was cut short
1: Well, Alex usually attends that thing uh does that name mean anything to him
0: you've met the gentleman before you know that he was an oracle but didn't have I mean you you can roll but I don't imagine he's not the type who tended to do a lot of dealings with non human people.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I, I think they would probably have just been like acquaintances at best, so
0: Yes, like you know, exchange pleasantries.
1: Yeah, that's fine. So I'm definitely gonna note that because I in theory uh am meeting with Rosalie in a couple of days here, so we'll just put that in my back pocket but otherwise yeah i'm just gonna read the news and uh wait for eric zarn
0: at precisely an hour after you called jeremiah a gentleman steps into the coffee shop but this is eric zarn the uh leader of the arcane network and he he kind of looks around like he's not sure who exactly he is here meeting
1: and i'm just gonna when i see him looking around kind of like raise a hand at him and with the earlier seven to nine on the hit the streets, I think the one I'm going to choose is that he is juggling his own problems right now, because that's kind of what it sounded like from his interaction with Jeremiah.
0: So he sits at the table across from you, doesn't even bother to go get a coffee or anything like that, and holds a hand out to you and goes, uh, Mr. Giraud, I presume?
1: Gonna fold the paper and, you know, shake his hand. Yes, pleasure to finally meet you.
0: The pleasure is all mine, sir. I'm Eric Zarn, and uh, my colleague Jeremiah told me that you were looking for me?
1: Yes. I've had a few interactions with Jeremiah. He seems quite capable, and I understand that he is part of a wider network. And I've got this envelope kind of sitting on the table that I'm just going to push across. An acquaintance of mine has a complicated history, and I need to know more about it. I suspect that you could assist me in this.
3: He
0: looks at the envelope and then may I read what's inside or?
1: Oh, of course. And inside is basically uh, what Alex knows about Cassandra DeWitt. Uh, She's been working as a private investigator. She has worked with the supernatural society pretty extensively. She was in the custody of the St. Flair parish as an orphan uh, until she was kind of kicked out of the system Basically just what he has found out over the last couple of days, right? What I'd like to know specifically, if you can, is where she came from and why she was so unceremoniously booted from their system.
0: Like, lineage where she came from.
1: If you can.
2: <sighs>
0: um, I I'm, This is information I can definitely get for you, sir, but um, when do you need it by...
1: It is relatively important, but I understand these things take time. I have a meeting with Rosalie Mercier in, oh, what day is it? Two more days. If I could have it before then, that would be ideal.
0: All right, I might be up against the wire with it, but I should be able to get it to you before then.
1: I would appreciate it.
0: Is there anything else you needed from me today, or...?
1: That would be it for now, but... Hopefully this will lead to a working relationship.
0: Of course, and he takes a business card out of his, um, like, coat pocket and hands it to you. Please contact me directly should you need anything else.
1: Of course, and I'll take it and, like, slip it into his, uh, his coat pocket. Well, I appreciate your time, but I do have one more call to make today.
0: I have plenty of my own to make. So, and he tips his hat at you as he uh, gets up and leaves relatively quickly.
1: And I'm just gonna, you know, finish my coffee and paper and then go about my next bit of
5: business.
0: All right, who wants to go? Everybody's got stuff going on.
5: So, um, I think we catch up with Silk walking out of Theodora's manor. As the door closes, you see inside has been glamoured to look like a uh, like a beautiful garden scene, and then the door closes. And then I think Silk is actually heading to the most interesting thing that he knows about right now, which will be Alex and Cass.
0: So, Alex, as you uh finish up your coffee and newspaper, you see Silk's vehicle pulling up.
5: So yeah,
1: Alex is going to head over uh before Silk heads into the shop proper and just sort of wait
5: for him to exit the car. Silk finds a nice parking spot for himself and walks up to Alex. Well, um, Have you discovered anything about our uh, new, interesting mutual friend?
1: A few things, but I am waiting on word back before I make any moves. Speaking of, I was actually about to pay a visit to one of your people. One of mine? Hmm. It's been a while since I've talked with roses.
5: Hmm, Midnight Roses, yes. Well, if anyone were to know something, then it probably would be her but she does not, uh, work without payment. I'm aware. And do you have something that you could pay her with? Quite possibly. Hmm. Well, let's see. I could go with you and help you with that, or I could go inside and have a chat with Cass. I would rather that Miss
1: Dewitt... Have a day or two to recover at the moment.
5: If you want to come with
1: me, you're more than welcome to.
5: Hmm. Well, why not? Let's see how you handled Midnight Roses. I'm very curious. Come along, then. And I'll uh, motion to
1: Silk's car. Why don't we take yours? Of course. And I'll just hop in the passenger side.
0: Montage of you all driving to Midnight Roses.
1: But yeah, I haven't actually ever interacted with roses. Would this be the time to put a face to a name to see if we actually have a relationship?
0: Yeah, probably a good idea.
1: Okay, let's do that. That is a three.
0: You oh, Midnight Roses. You've been kind of avoiding her, to be completely honest. That
1: did kind of sound like it, so.
0: She seems to be the type to, you know, just let sleeping dogs lie as long as you're not right in her face. I don't know, maybe about like 50 years ago, you were in a rather desperate situation involving almost dying. And this was before you found out you could die and then come back. And you needed some of that good, good fey healing magic. And she was more than happy to oblige you.
5: Awesome. So when we park, um, Silk's going to go into his trunk and pull out his tea set. And did you bring yours as well? You're not going to drink her tea, are you? No, I've...
1: Already had coffee this morning, I'm fine. Well, that's a bit rude. Yes, well, it's not exactly a social call. It's always a social call with us. I kind of look over at Silk. Yes, yes it is. And I'm just gonna knock on the door.
0: It takes a moment or two, and the door opens and you see Midnight Roses standing there, a broad smile on her face. Oh, Mr. Giraud, I figured it was time for you to be making a house call again, and oh, is that Silk? How are you doing, darling?
5: Silk tips his hat.
0: Lovely. Why don't you both come on
5: in?
1: Yeah, in in we go. Alex is obviously not feeling terribly great about this, but, you know, here we are.
5: You owe so many debts in this room. I
1: do.
0: Alex, you died near, like, the Baltic Sea, right? Or some- you died on a
1: shore. The Black Sea, yes.
0: The room looks normal, but something about the smell in here makes you think of the Black Sea.
1: Oh, he definitely looks uncomfortable. I think uh, he's just going to hands in his pockets and desperately try not to touch anything. I find myself in a bit of a frustrating situation. And I was considering last night who I could go to to assist me with this. And for the life of me, you were the best option.
0: For the life of you? Oh, I thought you didn't have one of those anymore.
1: Not in the traditional sense, no. If anyone knows more about this city than I do, and I am assured lately that several people do, you I think might know best. What do you know about Léon Fleur?
0: She looks very, very surprised to hear you say that name and she looks at silk says if you don't want to be further in my debt you might not want to be in the room for this conversation
5: if i do recall you're the one who owes me at the moment
0: fair let me rephrase that unless you want me to not owe you or unless you want to owe me i'm inclined to have this conversation with our uh, toothy friend here but this doesn't concern you
1: And I think once I realize that Roses definitely doesn't want Silk to know this, I'm just going to kind of look over at him. No, I think he needs to hear this. I think if anyone owes you for that, it should be me. I brought him here after all.
0: (sighs) Fine. Very well. Give me a moment, please, gentlemen, and I will be back. And she steps into the back of her apartment. Midnight Rose's apartment transcends dimensions, so you really have no clue where she just stepped.
1: That's fine.
0: I think we're going to go see what Victor's up to while Midnight Roses wrestles the back room. Victor, is there anyone you want to chat with while you're at brunch or are you just eating and leaving?
3: Victor idly chats with his moms and hangs out with Anastasia as well since she's at the same table. But I don't really have a conversation in mind that Victor wants to have just idle chat uh, unless one of them wants to bring something up or someone else does. I think Victor's good to leave.
0: Okay. As you're, le- like, putting your coat on and stuff and about to step out the door, Astrid, like, stops you to like, give you a hug, and as she, like, pulls away, she just kind of, like, looks at your face for a minute, it's like, oh, my baby boy's getting so old.
3: I'll try to be around before next month,
0: Mom. Um, please do, Victor, I think there's a conversation you and I need to have soon.
3: Uh, alright. Works for me
0: brunch is just a bad time for serious conversations. And she smiles, but, like, it's- the smile doesn't totally reach her eyes. Okay. Um, come back around for dinner soon, okay?
3: Alright, I'll try to make it happen.
0: And she, like, pats your cheek and then, like, heads back and Go continue facilitating brunch, as is her role.
3: Victor goes to the nearby bus stop.
0: Where is Victor heading?
3: Victor is heading back to Five Points because he hasn't been there in a while and he's concerned.
0: When you get to Five Points, you see Silk's car parked somewhere, stupidly. Also a weird car outside of Alistair's house.
3: Hmm. Victor obviously clocks those two cars and then heads to the diner. He wants to try and find an NPC. There's a guy, I think, who like, hangs around the diner almost all day and notices a lot of what goes on
0: all right um this is leslie long
3: i'm gonna hit the streets and try to find her because she probably knows what's going on since i've been gone
2: mm-hmm.
3: all right that is an eight
0: all right on hit they are available and have the stuff On a seven to nine, choose one. They're either juggling their own problems or whatever you need is more costly than anticipated.
3: I like the idea that Leslie is dealing with her own problems.
0: So you find Leslie at the diner sitting at the end of the counter, a half-eaten breakfast that has gone cold and hasn't been touched in a bit in front of her. And you see her, like, muttering under her breath and, like, doing that thing where it looks like somebody's rehearsing something. Hey, Leslie. Oh, hi, Victor. What's, uh, what's new? Uh,
3: I was hoping you could tell me that. Mind if I join you?
0: Sure. Sit down. It's a free country, I think.
3: Victor kind of smiles at that. That's what they say. Um, I've been out of, out of five points for uh, a night. I was wondering if anything had happened that I should know about.
0: Um, y- yeah, yeah. Um, I heard something about what is his name? Troy Toby's Bodega. Um, sorry, I'm. I have court later today. Um,
3: yeah, okay. I'll go check out the bodega. Thanks. Um, if you need anything, feel free to call.
0: A letter as a testament to my character.
3: I'll write you one, but I haven't had gainful employment in over six months.
0: Ah, uh, good point. Well, thanks, anyways.
3: I'll see what I can do. I'm going to head over to that bodega.
0: All right. Jeremiah, what you doing? You got a text from Alistair that's like, please come.
2: Jeremiah is going to show up at Alistair's house unannounced. going to walk up to the door and uh, knock.
0: Alistair, are you in the middle of someone or something?
2: I believe
4: I was having a conversation with my dead mom through the magic mirror in my basement. That's right! Or at least attempting to. I don't know if she picks up the mirror phone or not.
0: She does pick up the mirror phone. But before you can ask, you hear the knock on the door.
4: Ah, son of a... All right, Mom. I'll be right back. I've got some other business to attend to and should probably put some pants on. And Alistair is going to jog up the steps towards the front door. He will... Open it just a crack to look outside and say, Lord, Jeremiah, do you not check your phone? I asked for a warning text. It's common decency.
2: Oh, did I catch you in the middle of something, uh, awkward? Oh, I'm terribly sorry.
4: Yes, I'm sure you are. Whatever you see is on you since you didn't send the warning text. And Alistair will open the door.
2: Uh, oh, you, uh, think a little, uh, adventurous romp is gonna face me. Uh, We've not spent nearly enough time together.
4: I'd imagine it's the first one you've seen in quite some time.
2: Oh, harsh. You are in a bit of a feisty mood this morning, aren't you?
4: You don't know the half of it.
2: Well, I shall endeavor to keep out of your hair if you've got things going on. Just point me in the direction of your library and I can set everything up, get those books banned, and be out of your hair... relatively quickly, let's say a couple hours.
4: Yes, it's, uh, down in the basement... Just past the demon portal. Ignore the magic mirror, please.
2: Ah, yes. Demon portals and magic mirrors. I do miss your house.
4: Well, I have business of my own down in the basement, so I'll meet you down there after I make myself presentable.
2: All right. Well, Jeremiah's going to carry his uh, scanner laptop and head down to the basement.
4: Alistair will go to his bedroom and put some pants on. Is Julian still asleep?
0: Julian is awake because Jeremiah does not knock softly. And is kind of amused at how, I'm assuming you're a little flustered when you walk in. A
4: little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's just a little amused by that. And, oh, our uh, morning booty calls a thing for you as well.
4: Not with him, unfort well, no, not unfortunately. It's been a morning, um, are you planning to stick around? It's been a while since I've done all this, I don't know what protocol is. Do you have other things to do today?
0: Well, you invited me into your home. It would be rude of me to leave.
4: So is that, like, an actual thing, or was that just for the movies?
0: It depends on the
2: vampire.
4: We're getting off topic. I have things to deal with down in my basement, if you would like to- Oh, fuck me, that's not the way I wanted to phrase that. I have to go talk to my mother if you- I mean, help yourself to whatever's in the kitchen. Do you eat food? No. Yes, I figured, um.
0: He is obviously getting a sadistic level of pleasure out of you stumbling over yourself, and we'll just let you continue to dig yourself into a hole.
4: Just make yourself at home. I'm going to go deal with things. And Alistair will pull on pants and quickly and awkwardly shuffle off down to the basement.
0: All right, down in the basement, Jeremiah, I assume you have safely found the library, unless you accidentally got lost. Nah,
2: no poking around this time. I'm just going straight to the library.
0: What does Alistair's library look like?
4: I think it's very much set up the same way as a public library. Like, he's got the bookshelves lined up and the little, like, turny, uh, like that little handle that they use to move them along the tracks. It's probably pretty, like, dusty and disorganized. Alistair doesn't really keep it well-maintained.
2: Well, Jeremiah's gonna go identify an outlet. Uh, set the scanner and laptop up on a uh, the least dustiest table.
0: That would be Alistair's work table.
2: Second least dustiest table. And then start perusing the stacks to try and find the books that Felicia wants. And, you know, maybe keep an eye out for a little something extra.
0: Roll to investigate a place of power. It'll basically be on a hit, you can find the books. And on a 10 plus, I'll tell you if you find anything extra. That's a 10. Even though Alistair has no shelving system or organization whatsoever, you're able to pretty easily find the tomes Felicia is looking for. And in the process, you also find a couple of volumes about genies.
2: Those are getting scanned too.
0: Alistair, when you get back down into the basement, Jeremiah is already hard at work.
4: Do let me know if you need help with anything.
2: Oh, you know, I'm sure I can turn these pages on my own. I may be getting up very near this, but a piece of paper uh, is well within my grasp. Hmm. If you say so. But judging from the state of your basement, it looks like you could use help more than I do. You really haven't been maintaining your property here.
0: See, honey, that's what I've been telling you.
2: How Are you
4: offering to be my maid, Jeremiah? I'm not quite sure you have the legs to pull off the outfit.
2: Oh, I'm sure you fantasize about me in a maid outfit a couple times a day. My dear Alistair. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, short skirt does not really work for me.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine you pulling it off. Anyway, Mother, we, uh... Had some things to discuss. Yes. Alistair is going to try to pull the mirror, because the way I imagine it, it's one of those like big, full-body mirrors that is on like the stand with the wheels on it. So Alistair is going to try to pull it off to like the corner of the basement that's furthest away from Jeremiah, and looks at his mom and says... So, I'm assuming you heard my conversation a little bit earlier.
0: She kind of just, like, blinks at you. I try not to eavesdrop on you, honey.
4: So, I'm assuming you heard it. Do you have anything to say on that particular matter?
0: Roll to figure someone out.
4: That's a four.
0: Well, Alistair, honey, no, I don't have anything to say about it. And if you knew what was best for you, you'd steer clear of any demons and not have made a deal with him at all.
4: Not particularly that part, Mother, the part where he said you were killed by someone in the family.
0: I believe we've discussed multiple times that your father and I do not remember our deaths.
4: Do we have anyone any reason to believe it was anyone other than the werewolves you told me it was previously?
0: You're Lockwood, honey. You know, people always want us dead.
4: Yes, uh, that seems to be the flavor of the week again. All right, if you don't have any further information for me, I suppose I should go deal with my intruder over there.
0: Oh, don't call him that. He seems like a nice boy.
4: Alistair, like, finds a sheet nearby? Or some large piece of cloth? And just throws it over the mirror.
2: Jeremiah will watch that, slightly amused.
4: And Alistair will go over and say, So are you finding everything easily enough?
2: Yes, uh, despite your disorganized nature, I did in fact manage to find the books that uh, the group was looking for. Uh, really, it's just a matter of clipping the pages and scanning each one. And what
4: exactly are they looking for?
2: Uh, Again, as I told you earlier, it's more for, like, archival preservation purposes. Some of these books in your library, despite how little you know about them, are incredibly valuable to right sorts of people. And, you know, the library does want to keep copies of these. And given your general lack of upkeep, unfortunately, these books aren't long for this world anymore.
0: As Jeremiah says that, a page almost disintegrates in his hand as if to prove a point.
4: Well, unfortunately, you're not wrong.
0: And as Alistair realizes how poorly he has taken care of his legacy, our camera pans through the wall to Victor.
3: As Victor walks in the uh, cold air, the cold, bright day, he's going to uh, pull out his phone and call
2: Jeremiah. Jeremiah, we'll put it on speakerphone. Bitter old boy, how can I help you? Hey
3: Jeremiah. Um, two things. First thing is um I'm pretty sure Fatima Sanchez is gonna be alive when whenever the church does her is done. So try to make that happen for you.
2: Oh, thank you very much.
3: Thing number two, uh you have a business, right?
2: Yes, I do.
3: Um, I have a friend, Leslie Long. She's, uh, in a court battle right now. She needs a, a letter, uh, to be a character, as a character witness. Um, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind, uh, doing that. I would, but I am not really the sort of person that the court looks favorably on at this time.
2: Uh, yes. Uh, I do believe I can do you this favor, Phil. Um... Uh, I don't know if, a uh, antique dealer is exactly what the court might be looking for, a sort of character witness, and, uh, does this involve a lot of lying, deceit? Am I going to have to pretend to know this Miss Long? Um,
3: I can give you her number. Very well. I'll write the letter if you, uh, just will uh, say it's your letter.
2: <laughs> Victor, oh boy, uh, I don't think that'd be such a good idea, um,
3: are you saying I can't write a good letter?
2: I'm saying that you have a certain gruff, uh, hard manner about yourself. That's mostly what you're gonna come across in your writing as well. Uh, what we need here is a more gentle touch.
3: Well, that's why I called you.
2: Yes, so uh, I'm perfectly capable of writing this letter, recommendation, character witness, whatever. Uh, what's she involved in?
3: I. I don't know. I didn't ask. She was very busy, and I didn't want to take up any more of her time. If you like, I can get more information and
2: send it to you. Uh, no, just her phone number will be, uh, fine. I'll reach out to her when I have a free moment.
3: All right. I'll text it to you.
2: Uh, that sounds great, Victor. Take care.
3: Thank you. And then Victor is going to hang up the phone as he approaches that bodega.
0: All right, when you approach the bodega, it is closed and, like, empty.
3: Can I investigate a place of power to try and figure out what's going on here?
0: Yes, investigate a place of power with night.
3: That is a nine.
0: So as you're looking around at it, you see that um, there are, like, scratch marks in the um, doorway frame that look relatively new. Um, there's like tire tracks that, um, you hadn't seen around this area before, like a car peeled out. Um, And generally it just seems like somebody was dragged out of this place and they were dragged out fighting.
3: Damn it. Troy got abducted. I'm gonna have to go find him. He sniffs the air a couple times and then starts walking down the street.
0: As Victor is walking down the street, we pan back to Midnight Rose's apartment where she steps back in from the back room with two very old looking leather bound books in her hand, both monogrammed on the front with a K. And uh, she motions for both of you to sit down at her little tea table table. Area and she sets the books down on the table.
1: Yeah, definitely gonna have a seat. So, what
5: exactly are these?
0: These are diaries of a girl whose name was Katya Boyd. She was one of the daughters of one of the original settling families here um, in St. Fleur, and I just happened to come across them for reasons. And these are the only place that Leon is ever mentioned in St. Flair's history. And by these I mean this one. And she like touches the one that looks visibly older. Um like it was a bit more worn. Katya said that Leone was the um firstborn child of Mabel and mayor. And, um, the two of them were very, very close, best friends, you know, in common days terms and then out of nowhere, it's just like she stops existing at the the last entry in this book mentions that um Leon's thirteenth birthday was coming up and was going to be following day, and then the next day in this one and midnight roses points to the newer looking diary it's she's never mentioned again Hmm.
1: i don't suppose it would be possible for me to get a copy of those
0: well at a price of course but of course i will warn you alex i mean i know you don't need the warning but oh consider it my maternal spirit i have very good reason to believe that whatever happened to leone was of mabel's doing and she like struggles to like to spit the words out but you can see like the words human sacrifice start forming on her lips but like she doesn't want to say that it really like for as much of like a fae she is she does not agree with just sacrificing life
1: i think as i see her kind of struggling with that i'm gonna hold up a hand I think it might have been significantly worse.
0: Oh, lovely. And Midnight Roses just kind of like waves her hand over the um, diaries and then turns it over and there's a USB stick in her hand.
1: Thank you. While I'm here, and by all means, this is just an idle curiosity. Hypothetically, I have a head full of... Let's call them ghosts. You wouldn't happen to know how to separate those, would you? If I was wanting to get rid of one? Mm,
0: probably have some resources that might help you, or just some very, very expensive rituals.
1: Hmm, I'll keep that in mind. And I'll look over at Silk. Was there anything else you needed here?
5: Hmm, I don't think so. I was really just here to observe how you would handle Midnight Roses. And, um, turning back to Midnight Roses, that that was surprisingly easy. What sort of tricks do you have up your sleeve right now, I wonder?
0: Oh, Silk, you know I can't answer that without lying to you.
5: Of course not, of course not. Just mentioning that it was noticed.
0: You know, if the Faye doesn't take payment up front, it means the payment after the fact will be much worse.
5: Of course. As always,
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Oh, me too, Alex. Me too.
5: I'm actually going to have you walk out first, if that would be alright. Yeah, that's fine with me. Well, um... Roses, um... Let's call it even if you forget about this debt that you have with Alex. And we will meet again.
0: He owes me more than one debt, Silk.
5: True, but One with another one with you is, uh, well, knowing how easily you let him get away with that, uh, I know that this one would be much worse.
0: Maybe I'm just interested in seeing how things unfold.
5: We all are, but that doesn't mean we don't get our share.
0: Well, I'll forget this one, but it sounds like he's going to come back to me for even worse things. You might want to have a chat with him on that. (laughs) Good day. You as well, Silk.
6: Actual play comedy podcasts are awesome. We can all agree on this. What about if they're in outer space? What if the cast don't take themselves too seriously? If you think yes, then you will love Experience Points. We're an all-queer cast playing Starfinder and trying to survive whatever bombshells our GM Kenny can dream up for us. We're an impulsive bunch who rush into things which has landed us in some surprising situations. Have you ever almost died in a spaceship sauna malfunction? <laughs> we have. Come join the adventure with the crew of the GD Hoopty and their surly computer AI, A-Hole, as we traverse the galaxy, leaving a trail of pink glitter in our wake. Listen to Experience Points today wherever you find fine podcasts. Then come say hi to us on Twitter at EQPoints or... Tune in for our live streams every other Saturday at twitch.tv slash experience points, or you can now find us on YouTube. We'll be sure to unroll the pink carpet and have a cup of space Camomile ready for you.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter, at St. Fleur pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast MC'd and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at super underscore Landon one. It is part of the Be Gay Roll Dice podcast network, which you can find on Twitter at Be Gay Roll Dice. Alistair, who definitely won't come to regret his decision to deal with demons at all, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, who is getting dangerously in debt with the Fae, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at teuface. Silk, who should probably spend some time educating his companions on proper Fae etiquette, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who most assuredly cannot write a good character witness letter, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore J-E. And finally, Jeremiah, who is writing a check with his mouth that he might not be able to cash with his ass, is voiced and played by Matthew. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial.com. If it's something you're interested in playing, I definitely recommend heading over to Magpie's website, as they do have a wonderful curated play program going on right now, including games of Urban Shadows, and I might be one of the GMs for it. Farewell to your listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur. Be gay. Roll dice